The Giants closed the regular season against the Bloody Cowboys. Can Joe Judge's team get a win and find their way into the playoffs? We preview the big Giants-Cowboys matchup at MetLife and debate if the Giants wake up Monday morning as NFC East champs. We also hear from you, the fans, one final time in You've Got Mail as we play your voicemails. All that and more next on a Happy New Year. Let's be the first 6-10 division winner in NFL history edition of Blue Rush from the New York Post. Welcome, welcome to Blue Rush, our New York Giants podcast from the New York Post. Subscribe to Blue Rush and Apple Podcasts, where you can give us a five-star rating and write in a nice review. If you're not an Apple user, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Amazon, NYPost.com, wherever you get your podcast. No guests, but we'll answer your voicemails, and you got mail later in the show. Lawrence Tynes, Paul Schwartz, me, Jake Brown, and Sarah McCrory are here to take you through as week 17 is here. A Giants win and a Washington loss to the Eagles means Big Blue is the first 6-10 NFC East winner ever. So, Paul Lawrence, take us through this pivotal, this monstrous Giants-Cowboys game 1 o'clock on Sunday at MetLife Stadium. You know, this game is um, very interesting. It's a team that scores a lot versus a team that doesn't score a lot, a team that gives up a lot of points against a team that usually doesn't give up a lot of points. Lawrence, you know what I'm really concerned with this game? Daniel Jones on Wednesday said some really interesting things about his physical ability. It really came out of nowhere. You know, you know, Daniel Jones is pretty milk toast with what he says, and he was just asked a simple question about, you know, you think you're going to be able to run or, you know, you feel ready to run now. And he said, he kind of just threw it. He said, I'm going to work with the trainers. Um, I played from the pocket the last couple of weeks, and I expect to continue to do that until I'm healthy. Okay, then he went on to other things. So people were listening on the Zoom and said, wait, until you're healthy, um, you're supposed to be getting healthier. He said, really interesting. He said, I feel good. I feel healthy, but I think you can tell from the tape that I'm not And then he paused and said, I can't do a lot of the same things I'm used to doing. That was the most honest and revealing he's been. I mean, he he has said to us, I can't run and I won't run. That's amazing, isn't it? That they're putting him out there and the guy says, I "I can't run. I watched it. I don't believe a single word out of his mouth. Okay. Okay. Now, is this? I don't believe. Here's why. Here's why. He would never get up there and talk about not being able to run. No way. There's no way he would do that unless maybe today, you know what? And technically he wasn't really lying because maybe today he said, look, I wasn't healthy or I can't run. I'm telling you, they're going to run 20 RPOs on Sunday. I'll bet you the over-under on that. I'll take the under. Well, but not you, 20. I understand. But do you think this is I don't is believe a him. I don't do believe him. this is a setup? This is a, a, a absolutely Daniel do. Jones con job? Why He's completely 180 from what he typically does, right? You said it, milk toast. Why all of a sudden is he going to choose today to say, hey, maybe they you know, said, hey, go out there and tell him, hey, you can't run or you can't do this. Or, I'm telling you, there's something here. There's, a, there's something here. And that's my little conspiracy theory there's no way in hell daniel jones got up there today just and announced to the world because he knows everyone's going to write about it that he can't run i certainly you know and he has that little hang dog expression he said mm-hmm. i certainly he's pretty have, good 
Yeah, I certainly haven't been as involved in the run game, certain areas of getting out of the pocket, scrambling, things like that. Uh, this yeah. Look, I'm telling you, if, if he was dodging us and he's going to come out and look good and run the ball, I will applaud him. I mean, because he has not shown any ability to do any kind of that stuff with the media. So if he does that. Why, why would he come out and announce that, though? Unless we, uh, you know, he he, he had a moment so of weakness. You have to look at it know. that way. Yeah. No, I, I don't know. I there's got to be some strategery here. Hopefully, well, I'm, I, you know, maybe that's the optimistic part of me thinking he is going to run wild, but I don't know. I, when I saw it, I was like, to your point, my jaw hit the ground. Did he just say he can't run and he's no. going to play from the pocket and he yeah. can't do the things he's used to doing? It, mm. it was, unsolicited it was, too, Paul. It was unsolicited. It, it was unsolicited. What, yes, yes. And, and then people heard it and said, wait a second. He said he's not healthy. Now, uh, back in October when they played the Cowboys, if you remember, the RPO game was not part of their game plan at all. Daniel yeah. Jones did not run at all. I think they thought that the, the Cowboys defense was too free-flowing, too quick. They did not have any of that in there. So is this a real going to be a 180 here where Jason Garrett's going to say, we didn't do it. And, yeah, and don't forget, the Giants scored the most points of the season against yeah. the Cowboys. This whole thing is making my head explode a little bit. It'll be really interesting. Yeah, it, it will be. I think it's actually kind of neat. They're just going to run a bunch of fake field goals against the Cowboys. Well, it, 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 they worked as long as they don't jump off sides, right? <laughs> right. Well, listen, I I think they'll play better. I, to your, they got to score a lot of points. So if we can't score 30, I, I don't think we can win this game if we don't score 30 points. Because that, that offense is humming right now with Andy Dalton. Those three guys, those three receivers they got, and and it looks like Ezekiel Elliott's running it better. I do think we can score some points. This is a horrible defense, but again, they are improving. Well, they've got 30s and 40s the last three games, the Cowboys, yep. that they've won. You know, I mean, it, some of the numbers are incredible. The Cowboys have scored 17 more touchdowns this year than the Giants. That, <laughs> that's a lot more touchdowns, you know. There's, there's only been 15 games. 17 How many have the Giants touchdowns. scored this season? I think they have 20 two between uh, in um receiving and uh, you know not counting defensive touchdowns you know it's, it, disgusting. it's, it's disgusting the the cowboys have three receivers who have five touchdowns apiece the giants leading receiver is darius slayton with three okay so this is a oh. completely different animal and he and he had two in the first game yes that's right that's right now when you look at the cowboys i, I mean we got to take the flip side of this can the giants slow this team down i mean the cowboys have weapons Oh, it's 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 a traditional offense, yeah. right? It's not Lamar Jackson. Yeah. It's traditional, but it's good. Even with Andy Dalton, who's who's is, is it safe to say Andy, he's the best backup quarterback in the league? Yeah, he. I you know I like Marcus Mariota. I like a bunch of guys, but yeah. I do like Andy Dalton. I do. I do. I've always liked Andy Dalton and respected his game. He he's got a ceiling and he's got a floor, but man, he's he's a pretty consistent player and he's always played well. And he's not great, and he's not horrible. So, I think what you're seeing is he's found a rhythm with these three guys. And the play caller, I think McCarthy, maybe he handed that off to somebody else. But they're in rhythm now. They're getting these guys loose. I mean, Gallup and Cooper and CD, they're pretty good. I just don't think I think we can slow them down. But I, God, I just don't think you know. I just don't think we can score. Well, it, it's so different because two of the last three weeks they had Kyler Murray, who is a you know he's like that gnat that flies around you, right? He bothers you and bothers you, and you try to backhand them, and you. Can't 
can't get him. And then two weeks yeah. later, you have the Wasp, right? You know, Lamar Jackson. He just destroys you. Logan yeah. Ryan, this, you know, the veteran safety who just got his nice contract, was asked about this. You know, he admitted, he didn't say the Cowboys are easy to defend. He did not say that, but he said, we faced all forms and fashions of quarterbacks this year. This is definitely more of a traditional quarterback, he said. And, you know, he also said their offense is similar to what Jason Garrett, what we see daily. You know, it's a lot of the same things there. Uh, but he also said, look, what we had last week, we're not playing Lamar Jackson triple option football that we played last week in the run game. We might as well burn that tape and throw it out the window. It's not going to help us. <laughs> so how do they match up? Um, as you mentioned, Cooper is a good receiver. Lamb is a good receiver. Gallup is a big play receiver. As I mentioned, yeah. they all have five touchdowns apiece. The Giants across the board have James Bradbury, terrific. And then what? <laughs> and then what? I know. I know. I know. But, you know, the closest thing you can compare this to is a little bit of the Seahawks offensively with Russell Wilson, who's obviously a little bit more mobile than than Andy Dalton. But I the receivers are big play guys that that was an offense averaging 30 plus points a game. And we held them to 12, I think. So it can be done. I think that's a valid point by Logan Ryan. Listen, Andy Dalton's not going to run all over the place. So, you know, they've been chasing quarterbacks, it seems like, for the last month. I, I trust Patrick Graham. I really do. I always do. I it's my biggest fear is, you know, we keep going back to the offense. Can they put together drives and can they score in the red zone? I mean, even this last game against Dallas, if you remember, Graham Gano had a bunch of long field goals. Three, three or four over 50. Three 50. So, he had four yeah. together. He had so, 55, 50. It was a lot. It was a yep. big day for him. So yep. it, they just got to punch it in in the red zone. You know, I, I trust Patrick Graham. I mean, I do because they put on tape that they can play defense and hang with people. I just, the offense is just, you wrote an article about it. I mean, 26 points in three weeks or something. That's, that's bad. Terrible. Yeah. Now, one thing about Patrick Graham, don't forget, Mike McCarthy hired him in Green Bay to be his linebackers coach a few years ago. You know, so, oh, so wow. they, they spent one year together in Green Bay. Uh, McCarthy was talking about him Wednesday and said, I have great respect for him. And, and you know, he's saying how smart the, he said, I can tell that they are teaching technique to these guys. The defensive players yeah. play with technique. And that, you know, that's as a coach, I guess that's like the greatest compliment you can give someone, right? Your guys play with technique. Yeah. We just have to get some turnovers on defense. I think that I think we'll get some sacks. I think our D-line is far superior to their O-line. A lot of their Pro Bowl players are out. I think I saw Zach Martin is done for the year, maybe. Yeah, he's not gonna um, play. He's not gonna play. And they right. don't have the the left tackle, the big left tackle. I can't think of his name. Smith. Smith. Nope. Smith. Yep. So I think our D-line can win up front. And then if you just got to get a couple turnovers and then hope, hope your offense can score. You know, Fackrell scored last time. So that that scoring is a little bit misleading when you think about yep. You know, three field goals, 50-plus, and then a Fackrell INT for a touchdown. So we didn't really score that many points, I mean, offensively. No. But we'll no, see. Yeah. I, I trust Patrick Graham. I really do. I, I really think he'll put it second go around. You know, obviously a different quarterback, but same skill, guys. I, I trust Patrick Graham. I do. And, hey, look, I mean, we have to – we didn't even mention Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, he is going to get – he's, um what, 63 – yard shy of a thousand you know it seemed like ezekiel elliott was like a non-factor this year and he's going to get a thousand yeah. yards probably and really he is the he is the key to stop and that's why i think my matchup of the game might be blake martinez against ezekiel elliott now obviously it's not a one-on-one matchup but yeah. um, martinez sets the defense ezekiel elliott i think is the cog that makes it all go even though they throw the ball a lot 
if you can make them one dimensional, you can deal with them. If you yeah. can't make them one in the first game, they did not make them one dimensional. They did not. They could run it with Ezekiel Elliott and Pollard, and then they could throw it. Don't forget in the first game, Dak Prescott got hurt and the Giants had them on the ropes and Andy Dalton came in and they kind of, that was probably one of their worst offensive. He, he made some, a couple big throws though. He Andy did. Dalton did late he in that did. game. Yeah, he did. I, you know what I think too, you bring up a good point. They, they can't let him to get going because of the play action game, but you know, they've been playing a ton of zone with these, these mobile quarterbacks lately, which, you know, bend but don't break. If we can place a man and get some heat, get some blitzes in, put another man down in the box to stop the run. I think we have, you know, if Darnay Holmes is back. He practiced full, so I think he's back, yes. Good. So yes. you've got two, and then, you know, I, I, I like Isaac Yedem. I think we're fine back there. It, it'll give us some abilities to produce some pressure with some blitzes in the D-line. So let's now, see what now, happens. L- let me ask you, you. You can answer this. I can't, okay? This is not a playoff game. It's a play-in game if you win, right? Traditionally, teams in this situation are better teams, right? Teams that have a chance to make the playoffs, not teams that are 5-10. and So is there kind of a pressure cooker situation here? I know there's no fans, but for a team, what is your experience with a team that is facing kind of a win-and-in or win-and-still-stay? You got to keep it real and still play football, but you know that their stakes are so high. How does that all percolate in a locker room and then on the field? It does, and all the players know and they're not going to give you that they're going to give you the company line when you guys ask them but we all know what's at stake here and and whether it's a a six and ten playoff team or whatever it is there's a lot of tension here this week and they Mm -hmm. they, you know that we 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 had a couple times maybe it was once or twice where we had to beat dallas late in the year and we got a banged up tony romo remember he had like a broken hand or something but he played and so those games are really really intense and i don't care what the hell the record is if you can win and give yourself a chance and find out at 10 o'clock you might be in the playoffs that adds a little bit of tension but these are the games you want to play in yeah the records aren't perfect but as a pro football player you got to want to love to play in this game on Sunday. It just, it just, I, I, I wonder if it's too much for this team. We'll see because, you know, Logan Ryan, who is a guy I quote a lot, he was saying, you know, because look, he has 15 playoff games. Okay. He's won a Super Bowl. You know, he probably, no. uh, not probably, he has more playoff games than the whole Giants team together. Combined. Yeah, I mean, he, he, they just don't have much playoff experience. You know, and so he said, look, no, wait. These guys have all played in big games at some point in their career, whether it's a state championship in high school, the Tostitos <laughs> Bowl, he mentioned the, the Tostitos bowl. bowl, or the Popeyes Bowl or something. So, the hey, Cheez-It about, Bowl didn't get any love? I love the Cheez-It no, Bowl. How about the, the game Wisconsin just beat one today, the, the Duke's Mayonnaise Bowl? You see that one? Yeah, it, no, it, I can't watch football during the middle of the day. Duke's it has mayonnaise. to be, like, dark. Have um, you ever heard of Duke's Mayonnaise? I mean, it's Hellman's. Can somebody just compare the state championship to the NFC East championship? No, no. He he said the state championship, the Tostitos oh, Bowl, the okay. Popeyes Bowl. He's saying these guys are played in big right. games, but this is different. But it, Dallas it, hasn't Dallas hasn't had a ton of success either. You know, if you really think about it, they. I mean, they've got some their, guys. Their quarterback played, has played in big games, though. Andy Dalton has played in big. Andy games. Dalton has for sure. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. He yeah. has. It's going to be a very strange field. There's going to be nobody in the building again. Yeah, that's going to be tough. The playoffs, you know, are sitting right out there. What do you think? Do you think it's even money that Washington loses this game against? Well, the I think Eagles? I saw where. Yeah, I think I saw where Alex is out. Right, pretty much. He didn't practice today. Yeah, I. And so they said maybe that maybe they're just resting him. Right, Alex is a veteran. Yeah. He probably knows his offense inside and out. He doesn't 
need to be on the field so as much rest as possible. I don't know. It's it, it's in Philly, right? I don't know. I, I, I think Philly's going to beat them. I, I really do. So that's why I, I've said it on Twitter this week, and we can get into this. This is one of the biggest games the Giants have played in a while. I know this is, there's five and ten, but I think they have to win this football game. I think they have to. If they want to be taken seriously going into I don't care if they go to the playoffs this year, but to win a game, go out six and ten and show the team that you can beat a team that's kicked your ass for the last four years will send a message and give you a good feeling going into the season, you know, hopefully with no COVID next year. I could not agree with you more. First of all, the first marching order for a new coach when he comes in is look, clean up your neighborhood, right? We stink in the NFC East. They had yep. Lost eight straight games to the Eagles. Seven straight when Judge came in. They wow. lost one, and then they ended that one. They was six straight to the Cowboys. They lost the first game to the Cowboys this year. Seven straight to the mm. Cowboys. If the Giants win this game, they are four and two in the NFC East, and that is the first way to make the playoffs is to is to dominate is to win in your division which the Giants have been yeah. horrible with. And so I agree with you. Look, if they finish six and ten and don't make the playoffs. No one is going to cry for them, and the Giants are not going to say, oh, no. woe is us, man. We, we should have – look, they're 6-10. and 10, You don't deserve it. So I yeah. agree. Beating the Cowboys for the fan base. Jake, Sarah, you're out there, right? You hate the Cowboys, right? Everybody hates the Cowboys. <laughs> yeah, and also, Paul, to, to lose to the Cowboys to Andy Dalton. It's not even like Dak Prescott's out there. I mean, Andy freaking Dalton. Uh, I think just well, being no, the Andy Cowboys. Dalton, he's not, Andy Dalton's a pro. Yeah, That's a but, pro. yeah. He's a pro. It's still Andy he's over okay, Dak. But, it's still a backup over the starter. It, I like it. Would, I don't know why. I've always liked Andy Dalton. I love the way he plays. You're into gingers. Never, you're, you're a big he never, he never complained when he was in Cincinnati. He just went out and played. He's a good player. I think I, I like Andy Dalton. But if you if the Giants can finish six and ten and they beat the Cowboys, now they they've ended the Eagles streak, they've ended the Cowboys streak. If they win, if they win, I would assume Daniel Jones plays pretty well. That's important yes. for a twenty three year old guy. I, you know, I went out there the last game, I I played well, I won the game, I lied to the damn media and said I couldn't run, and then I could <laughs> run. You know, he'll have that. I just think it's it, it's it's the arrow is kind of shaky now. And if they can win the game, the arrow's pointing up no matter what happens in the playoffs. I agree. Let, let's make prediction. Let's start with ladies first. Sarah, let's ladies make picks. First. Let's start with the Giant game, and then we'll pick Washington. Uh, Sarah, who wins Giants-Cowboys? 1 o'clock, by the way. Red Washington is 8 p.m. Or 12. Well, uh, no, no for second. starting with ladies, I usually refer to the cowgirls by their real name, Ooh. the cowgirls. Um, not that there's anything wrong with girls, obviously. Um, and to... <laughs> answer your question paul i hate the cowboys and my older sister made a really bad mistake and married a cowboys fan mm -hmm. so we usually go to this game but not this year so there's a lot riding on that for my family and my brand new nephew who's born a month ago who is going to be a giants fan i think this game will make that decision i'm going 21 20 giants let's go Okay. I'm going to take the Giants, too. I don't know why. I just believe they're home. It's the final game. I think they're going to be pumped up. They're hyped in their own building. I hope Daniel runs. I know he says he can't. I think they need him to run to win. Somehow, some way, I think they win 20 to mm. 17. I uh, I want to believe. I do. I just, I don't Pick trust them. Come on, Lawrence. Come Pick on. Em. I, don't, Pick em. I don't trust, I don't trust the offense uh. at all. So I'm going to. Rely on the defense to win this baby. 28, Let's go. 21. Let's Whoa, go. what a turnaround. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think Lawrence surprised himself with that pick, right? I, I think, did. 
yeah. did. I just it was just like mid flow. Listeners like, are was... running through a brick wall at that turnaround. Yeah. Wow, that hyped it's, me up. It, it's New Year's. Uh, Lawrence is just just he went in thinking uh, you know dark, and he came out through the light. I get that. I Very did. Good. I did. Well, you know, I, I'm going to bring everyone down a little bit. Oh. Okay, I I I, oh, I, 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 I came in in the dark and i'm gonna i'm gonna shut the shades and stay in the dark all right mm. I, look i've said it like a broken record until they score a lot of no. points i don't think they can score a lot of points i think you're gonna need over under about 26 in this game the Giants score 27 i think they can win i don't know if they can do that i'd love to see daniel jones prove us all wrong and run like crazy i'm going to pick the giants losing 27 uh 19 something like that wow. i just i just not feeling it. Not feeling Are you a Cowgirls fan? <laughs> you know, but I mean, no, but I was, I, I was the person who asked Justin Tuck. Lawrence is one of his favorite teammates, right? Justin Tuck once yes. about, about the Cowboys. And he went on and on. And he said, look, guys, I hate the Cowboys. Okay. And so every time I see Justin Tuck now, I always say, Justin, I just want to remember, you still hate the Cowboys. Right? Yes, I still hate the Cowboys. He hated the Cowboys. Lawrence, a lot of guys hated the Cowboys, didn't they? They do. You know, it's so funny. I don't. I, I never did. I think because we beat them all the time. The team I hate and I hate and I hate is the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, I yeah. despise them. Be- Why? Because they beat our ass all the time. But never Washington and Dallas, I don't really have a ton of hatred for. Yeah, you have you have memories of kicking field goals and winning games against those teams, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, so Paul's giant season ends at around 4, 4.30 Eastern. Mine, Sarah, and Lawrence's season, does it end at 11, 11.30 Eastern? Or do we see playoff light? I think Philly beats Washington and the Giants make the playoff. Because I think mm. even if Alex Smith plays, he's playing with a hurt uh, calf strain. And if that thing gets, they come with a with a blitz on him and he gets hurt and Taylor Heineke, there's going to be a lot of Heinekens being uh, drank by Washington fans. And uh, I think Eagles win and we're, we're talking Giants playoff football. Mm. Sarah? Yeah. I mean, fly, Eagles, fly. Let's go. All right. <laughs> Lawrence? Hey, I'll, get, I'll get my porta potties tweet out and – I'm going for the Eagles. Yeah. So, all right. So, three, we're going across the board. We will be talking playoff football next week. Coming up next on Blue Rush, we hear from you, the listeners, one final time in You Got Mail. You Got Mail. Hi, Lawrence. Hi, Paul. Hi, Jake. Hi, Sarah. First, I want to say I hope you and your families are safe, healthy, and have a great, great new year. We need it. Lawrence, I'm kind of upset you didn't mention my name when we were on the ship together, you, me, and OJ, and we were bowling. It's St. George. (laughs) Hope you guys are well. Here's my question. I know we want to win, and I really, really want to win. But do you think this year, if we don't make the playoffs, do you think it is not successful? I know we're always supposed to win. I know we want to win. The question, though, is, is it a down year because we didn't make the playoffs considering all the positives we saw. I uh, well thanks for calling George and I'm Big sorry, George, not George, Big George. Big George. And I'm sorry I didn't remember our our <laughs> bowling escapade in 2008. But um and thanks for listening. I I don't think it is. I don't I don't think if we don't make the playoffs it's it, it's 
it's it's a lost season or whatever. I, it's or a disappointment. I think I think five and ten is for some reason. So I think you know they have to go out and win this game on Sunday. Six and ten seems palatable. Um, I, there's been a lot of improvements on this team um, with personnel, but we're still waiting for the quarterback to kind of take that next step. But I don't think it'd be a disappointment. Well, I I, I agree that I think that this game is important, and I think you can put the playoffs all the way on the side because they're not in control of that right now. But yep. If they go out and lose this game and finish five and eleven after and losing their last four games, that's that's kind of lays out there for the whole offseason. That's not great. They made some strides this year. Joe Judge did a lot of good things. Five and eleven is not an improvement over the last two years. And um, losing four straight to end the season when you were in playoff contention and had control of your playoff destiny would leave a bad taste in everyone's mouth. You've got mail. Hey, how we doing? This is Russell from Connecticut. I got a question about Dave Gettleman. How is this guy's key card still scanning? I know Blake <laughs> Martinez was a great signing. I know Bradbury was a great signing. I know we found some value in the late rounds, but come on. The retreads of the older players that we keep signing makes me worry about this offseason. We need to find a number one receiver for Daniel Jones. I'm not going to call him dimes like some of these other callers call him because Quite frankly, I don't know if he's even thrown 10 touchdown passes, let alone throwing dimes out there. But I don't want a Golden Tate again when we already had Golden Tate in a younger version in Shepard. I don't want to bring in these old linemen. I don't want to bring in these old running backs, these Jonathan Stewart, these old linebackers, these Alec Ogletrees. There's money that we're throwing away. Right now we got one of the youngest teams in the NFL. We build on that with some real veterans. I'm not talking retreads. I'm talking real veterans, some talent, some Allen Robinson. Galladay's, or do we go get a receiver in a draft and give Daniel Dines someone to throw to? Well, I mean, yeah, basically answered his own damn question. Uh, Russ, thanks for calling. I, there's a lot to digest there, and you didn't mention Graham Gano as somebody Dave Gettleman brought in, but listen, he's done an okay job, but he's he's going to get evaluated just like every player and coach on the roster, and losing stinks. We've been doing a lot of it lately. I agree with you. We've talked about it on the show. We need a dynamic playmaker on offense, wide receiver, and we need an edge rusher. I mean, that's really what it boils down to. They also need cornerbacks. The front office knows they need more cornerbacks. Uh, don't forget, they took a big hit losing DeAndre Baker and Sam Beal opted out this year. Those were two guys that were going to be one and two and three with James Bradbury. Bradbury one, DeAndre Baker two, Sam Beal three. You take two and three out. That caused a, a dearth of, of talent that really has resonated all season. As far as the retreads, I mean, that was kind of, it's not old history, but it's a little bit of old history. Jonathan Stewart and uh, Ogletree. I mean, don't forget, ownership evaluated Dave Gettleman after last year and determined he's going to come back but he needs to have a higher batting average. So all that stuff that happened before this year has already been judged and has been determined. You can come back, but you need to do better. Did he do better this year? I don't think there's any doubt he did better this year. So now moving forward, where did, what does ownership think about what he did this year moving forward? That's the key. You've got mail. Hey, guys, this is uh, Dan from DuPont, Washington. I got a uh, question about Fat Dave and what we're going to do about this GM in the future. <laughs> He's already gone through one head coach, which was an absolute train wreck. It seems they made the right decision here with old uh, Joe Judge. But uh, everything else that he's touched has pretty much turned to garbage. Uh, if you look at the dead money that he's got tied up in the salary cap since he took over in 2016-ish time frame, uh, it's abysmal. He's, he's tied our hands to, get in, to improve while Eli was our starting quarterback. 
and it's even worse now that Danny Dimes, which, according to inside sources, that's what they call him in the locker room, gentlemen. Um, it was embarrassing what you did that day. But uh, I don't know how they're going to get better. I don't know what they do with him. Uh, if, they, if they cut ties with him, then what do we do with the head coaching situation? GM's always tied to a head coach, and uh, the situation just seems like a mess because he doesn't seem like he has what it takes to, to be a GM for this team. Wow. Well, wow. Dan wow. from du- Dan Dan from DuPont. Um, Lawrence, I'm going to let you handle that for one reason. When Dan from DuPont called uh, Dave Gettleman Fat Dave, um, I, I, I tuned out after that. So um, I think there has to be a, a level of respect uh, when you talk about GMs and coaches and things like that. And so yeah. um, I'll defer to you on that one. Yeah, I prefer the term heavy set. Or <laughs> that was an aggressive, but listen, if you think about this, Paul, that's how mad our fan base is. They're just mad and angry and they want to fight and call names. I mean, that's why this game's so damn important on Sunday. I appreciate it, Dan. I, I'll i give you a pass on the fat, fat Dave comment, but um, listen, it is what it is. He, everyone's under the microscope. Nobody likes losing. Our fan base hates it. We hate it. You hate it. So, Everyone's just, we need to win. We need to get back into the winning ways. But I love that everyone hates Danny Dimes because I hate it, Danny Dimes. I think our fan base hates it too. So thanks for calling. Yeah, we got to do better than Fat Dave. I mean, come on, at least do the Massachusetts <laughs> yeah. accent. Say quarterback, do pop hog molly, make fun of that. But Fat Dave, I mean, come on, bro. You've got mail. Hey, Blue Rush Podcast. This is Brian from Mansfield, Connecticut. I want to know about Dave. He's 70 years old, approaching 70 years old. We're either going to be 5-11 and 11 with a top 10 pick or 6-10 and 10 <laughs> NFC champs. I think the NFC champs matters to John Mara. But this man will not be our GM until he's 75 years old. Don't think he's part of the future. Don't think he has a long-term plan. What is your take, guys? Should Dave stay or should he go? Somebody please tell him how to wear his shorts. Looks like my grandfather who died in 1995. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. I hope Dave Gettleman doesn't listen to Blue Rush. My we have God. some amazing listeners. <laughs> well, I, I think Brian, Brian, thank you for the call, Brian. You know what? We'll give you the number of Dan from DuPont, okay? And you guys can hash this out amongst yourselves. <laughs> uh, Dave has an interesting way of wearing his shorts. You know, he reaches for his wallet over his shoulder, not traditionally behind the back. <laughs> He's asking, do I think he's back? Yes. I'm just simply answer your question. I'm not going to go. We've, we've covered him three out of the first four calls. I think he's back. I just do. I mean, his batting average is up, and that's what John Mayer said. He's, you know, he hit a couple singles and doubles this year. So I think Dave Gettleman is back. Now, that's up to him. Rumor has it he might retire, but that has not been validated. But someone said that. But I think he's back. All right, so now we're getting uh, advice on how to wear shorts. Uh, Those are all the Dave Gettleman calls, I believe. We batched them all together. So let's move on from Fat Dave and move on to our next caller. You've got mail. Hey, this is Matt Caruso, Hartford, Connecticut. Question is about the value of wide receivers. In my youth, the Giants won Super Bowls with Lionel Manuel, um, Stacey Robinson, Bobby Johnson, and then uh, Stephen Baker and Mark Ingram. And then the Eli years, they won with some pretty damn good receivers, uh, starting with Plax and Victor Cruz, Hakeem Nix, and, and onward. Well, this Giants bunch just doesn't seem to be all that great. How much value do you guys put on the wide receiver position? 
and winning a Super Bowl. I put a lot of value on it, Matt. Uh, Matt from Hartford. And um, you're right. You also, you failed to mention Amani Toomer, who was the franchise receiving leader uh, and was integral in two Super Bowls, for the last two Super Bowls for the Giants. The Giants know they need a big play receiver with speed, who's got size. Uh, they have some complimentary pieces right now. Sterling Shepard is excellent in the slot. And you know what? Here's the thing, and, and it's interesting. I talked to uh, Tyke Tolbert, the receivers coach this week. I asked him, what the heck happened to Darius Slayton? You know, he really had a rough second year. And he mentioned, you know, banged up a little bit. And he said, opposing teams are really putting the focus of their defense in the back end on Darius Slayton. Okay, that's fine. And that's a reason why he has kind of struggled a little bit now. You put a legitimate guy out there with Darius Slayton, and now Darius Slayton can't be the focal point of a defense. His numbers are going to go way yeah. up. So they know they need it. That doesn't mean they need to add an Odell Beckham, but uh, would I be surprised if with their first pick, 7, 8, 9, 10 in the draft, they take a receiver? No, I would not. Yeah, and thanks for calling, Matt. I agree. Uh, listen, if you want to go the free agency route, you spend a lot of money. And, you know, the top three guys out there, are Allen Robinson, uh, Godwin, and Galladay, I don't think the Giants are going to do that. I think they're going to draft. I think they, you know, will have a, a pretty decent pick depending on what happens this weekend. There's a ton of uh, NFL-ready players right now, if you look at the kid in um, Jefferson in uh, Minnesota. So I really think the draft is producing NFL-ready players. I think they're going to go receiver early. And then I would definitely, though, consider, and not, this is not your question, but I think pass rushers, you may want to go the veteran route. You've got mail. Hi, my name is Jonathan. I am from Oakwig, New York. My question is, with the Giants having so many questions on both offense and defense, what position do they target first in the draft and then in free agency? If they do decide to target a defensive end in free agency, do they then target a wide receiver on the draft or vice versa? Yes, I would say, yeah, I think you go defensive end, edge guy and, and free agency. And then there's just so many NFL ready kids in college right now. Skill wise, I draft receiver and keep the draft for my skill guy in the first round. Yeah, there's no Chase Young in this draft. I mean, that's all there is to it. There is no Chase Young. Uh, there's some good pass rushers. But yeah, you can't go into a draft and say we need a pass rusher. And then if you have the eighth pick. You pick a guy who's 23rd on your board because he's the next best pass rusher. Uh, I don't know if this is a great – my sense is it's not a great draft for pass rushers, so I agree with Lawrence. Uh, the key is, though, to get a proven pass rusher, you have to pay a ton. So yeah. the astute teams can look at a guy who's in free agency and say – he has done it a little bit, but I project him. You know, Kyla, kind of like they did with Kyla Fackrell this year, but a better player. Someone better than Kyla Fackrell who can rush the passer. Also, don't forget Lorenzo Carter comes back and O'Shane Zimenez comes back next year, and they should give you something in that department. Real quick, Paul, that is the Hassan Reddick guy. He's a free agent. The guy that had five and three fumbles for us, but I don't know if that's just a flash in the pan. He well, just, I think he's, he's never had more than like four or five sacks. Until. Yeah, he's a, he's a real scheme guy. In a certain scheme, he's good. And plus, he's now going to cost too much money because of what he yeah. did against the Giants. You've got mail. My name is James Chrysler. I'm from New York City. I'm a huge Giants fan. And for that reason, I want to shout out Mr. Lawrence Times for kicking us two Super Bowls. But uh, my question is, with free agency coming up, the Giants obviously a few key pieces away. Who are some guys you want the Giants to take a look at? I know J.C. Jackson's a free agent. 
quarterback for New England. He's had a great year, probably should have made the Pro Bowl. Stephon Gilmore might become a free agent. Who knows what happens with his deal and his injury, albeit Allen Robinson's another name. Just who are some guys you want the Giants to go after? A lot of this is uh, contingent on what the salary cap is going to be, and nobody knows that. Uh, There's a lot of thought uh, the NFL is going to 17 games next year. That's probably going to likely happen, so that will put more money in in the till for the salary cap, but it is not right at this point. After a year with no fans, uh, the salary cap is going to be hurting. The Giants are not going to be in great salary cap position, I don't think. They have guys like Nate Solder, uh, 19 million. They have to figure out if he's coming back. Kevin Zeitler, 14.5 million on the cap. That's major money for two offensive linemen that maybe the Giants can do without, maybe they can't. So, um, a guy like Allen Robinson, I just don't. Like Lawrence said earlier, I, I I don't see them shelling out number one wide receiver money for those kind of guys. Now, the Bills were transformed with Stephon Diggs, right? And and look what he did for their third-year quarterback. He was incredibly beneficial to Josh Allen. So it can happen. I don't know if the Giants will go that way, but it can happen. And you put Stephon Diggs on the Giants and let Daniel Jones throw to him, Daniel Jones probably looks a lot better. I agree. We need to find a number one receiver. I think that's the most important. This defense is is fine. We need to create some more pressure. But, you know, in free agency, it's it's Bud Dupree who's got an ACL and, and Shaq Barrett. I don't know if Shaq Barrett fits into this scheme because he's kind of a tweener, linebacker, smaller size guy. But I definitely would like to see them. You know, my wish list, if I could pick for the Giants, would be Devontae Smith, obviously, the receiver from Alabama in the draft, or Jamar Chase kid from LSU so if we can get either one of those two kids in the draft if we're picking in that 8 to 12 range I think Giants Nation would be pretty happy I think 8 to 12 is going to be tough Chase will not be there at 8 and um, I don't think Smith's going to be there much after 5 or 6 I mean that's just yeah. early early draft looking you know but you never know yeah. if if, yep. if the run on quarterbacks in the top 5 there was, someone's got to yep. get dropped down right I mean we don't even know who the Jets are taking at number two. They could be taking a quarterback, and they could be taking, you know, the, the uh, offensive tackle from Oregon and bookend him with Beckham. They could, they could, they could take Devontae Smith, too. I mean, they he's could. that good. They could trade yeah. down as well. That's that's something that's been talked yeah. about. It's pretty crazy that the Giants, if a bunch of things happen, they could be the third pick or they could win the division. And that's something that <laughs> only happened wow. in 2020. You've got mail. All right, this is Jared from – Milford, Connecticut, and my question is surrounding Daniel Jones' future with the New York Giants. Obviously, as a first-round draft pick, a top-ten draft pick, number six overall, he carries some significant expectations as what the franchise hope is the next franchise quarterback, but entering year three next year, is it time to at least bring in another quarterback to challenge him for the position, such as over in Chicago, Mitchell Trubisky regressing in his role. Nick Foles coming in, some would argue, elevated Trubisky's play a little bit in 2020. So is it time to at least challenge for the role? Yeah, it's not a bad idea, to be honest with you. But I just, you know, looking at the marketplace right now, I just don't know what veteran is available that you would consider bringing in. Because if you think about it, you're going to have to give them considerable money. You know, if he's a good backup, you're talking seven to eight million dollars a year. So I don't know that they want to commit those resources there when when Joe Judge has clearly said Daniel Jones is our guy. He is our quarterback. And I do believe that I wouldn't mind seeing them maybe drafting a guy late, like fourth, fifth, sixth round and seeing what they could find to be a competent backup. Maybe some a kid that's mobile, but it's not a bad idea. 
I wouldn't be opposed to it. I just would. I wouldn't spend a lot of money doing it. Don't forget, year number three. You, you're right, caller. You mentioned year number three is critical. Josh Allen much better in year number three. Year number three is the key. But having said that, I would not be surprised if they go in next year with Daniel Jones, who is clearly the number one, and someone other than Colt McCoy, someone who is maybe not a guy who will threaten Daniel Jones, but someone who is. Well, wait a second. Maybe let's see this guy and give him a chance if Daniel Jones is is struggling. Someone to elevate the position. It may not have to be a guy for big money, but someone who you will yeah. look at and say, yeah, if, if Daniel Jones sprains his ankle, this guy can come in and, and throw for three yeah, yards. He has one I just don't know enough about the free agent market right now. And, I was looking. A, a couple answer. of the guys you would look at, one of them would be a Jacoby Brissett is who you think about as a potential guy. He might not cost you a ton. Mitchell Trubisky, who we mentioned, is also a free agent. Don't hate going for him, a running quarterback. I think I think I think Mitchell has earned maybe a little contract, not a big number, but maybe F- Fitzmagic might be out there. He might cost a lot too with what he's doing. Fitzmagic, yeah, I, I mean, love Fitzmagic. Yeah, love Fitzmagic. I think Brissett's a solid option who's not going to cost you more than like six million if they did. Go he that is route. a good. Yeah, you've got mail. Hey, it's Aiden calling from Barrie, Ontario, Canada. Just want to get a opinion from you guys on how big this game is as a franchise as a whole, I understand this playoff implications and this and that, but I think just the struggles in the last five years that the Giants have had with Dallas, I think winning this game would be everything for going forward, even if Washington ends up winning the night game, but just want to hear you guys' thoughts on uh, how much this game means to the Giants' playoffs aside. Just hey, the, yeah, the yeah, can, can we just so give a huge hey. shout out to Aiden? Canada. It took Canada. Canada. It's the CFL talk. It's all the CFL talk. Listen, the CFL talk last week has brought down (laughs) my brothers from the north. I am so, Aiden, thank you. That's the best question we've had. And yes, this is the biggest game they've had in a long time. Now it's going to stink because nobody can be there. But within that organization, I think, you know, and we feel it too on the outside. Like I said this week, they have to win this game. It's a huge game for them. Whatever that means, it just means they're six and ten, and maybe we get into the playoffs. But thank you for that. That was an awesome question. I, I would also say that I'm a little bit embarrassed for the United States of America because we had to go north of the border to Ontario to hone in on this question. So yes, Canada, I, I, we salute you, we applaud you, Ontario. Yes, any true giant fan hates the Cowboys and wants to beat the Cowboys. So at 4.30 on Sunday, if the Giants have won, regardless of what happens later in the night, Giants fans will have a good dinner because they beat the hated Cowboys, period. Yeah. We're going to send Aiden like a Blue Rush podcast hat. Do we have those? <laughs> We're going to make them. Well, in honor of Aiden and in honor of uh, Will Blackman, who's finally unblocked me on Twitter for oh, saying, for saying iced good. coffee is better than hot coffee, uh, we'll get poutine in honor of Canada, one of Canada's poutine. staple foods. So we'll eat that in honor of Aiden. Aiden, thanks for the call. All right, last call, and this is a fun one for you, Tynesy. Here we go. This is Logan from Panama City, Florida. First time, long time. Love the podcast. Paulie, I'm sorry, but this question's for Lauren. Saw you doing an ad for Church's Chicken or something like that the other day, and, you know, it kind of got me thinking with the way everything's going on in social media. What's the craziest thing that you've seen back in your playing days, LP, of what guys would do for a side hustle for uh, some money? Maybe something you did or Eli or one of the guys that, you know, rings a bell. Anyways, love the podcast. Lawrence, again, this question's for you. Man, that's uh, Logan. Thanks for calling, bud. 
I actually know Logan, so that's why this is funny. <laughs> Logan's a buddy of mine. Um, God, he kind of stumped me here. What did someone do that was kind of, you know, I once went to a bank down in like South Jersey and signed pictures, at, but it, it felt super shady. Like I was with some dude named like, I don't know, Vinny. And he had like slick back hair. And like, I signed these pictures and he Sounds just, like Jersey. yeah. And I was at a bank and I was like, well, what the hell? And there's people lined up outside. My wife was in the car waiting. I literally, I didn't see people. I just signed these pictures and I left there with a wad of cash. <laughs> I was just like, then I counted it. I didn't even know how much it was, but it ended up being like pretty significant amount of money. Now I say significant. It was probably like 5,000 bucks, but I was like, it was all like tens and twenties. So that was kind of the shadiest thing I ever done. And I'm sure there was a bunch more because when you win the Super Bowl up there, there's people right and left willing to pay you just to come talk to their kids. So I, that one felt slimy to me. Yeah, well, in, well, oh, yeah. A guy, a guy named Vinny from New Jersey handing you a wad of cash usually ends up in an episode of Jersey Shore or something, bro. Yeah, it was cash. There were some cash only transactions post Super Bowl. Uh, Lawrence, um, um, I just know the, uh, the several members of the IRS are avid listeners. To- <laughs> You know, so um, um, it was below 10,000. It was below 10,000. Okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. I definitely claimed it. I definitely claimed it. Vinny's going to call you with a triangle scheme deal in a couple couple of days after he hears this episode. Shout out to you, Vinny, from Jersey. All right, thanks, everybody, for calling in. A lot of various voicemails from all over the globe. I mean, we've gone international, Canada, freaking Tunisia, everywhere. Uh, (laughs) Thanks all for listening to Blue Rush. That says cheerio to episode 63, the Doug Van Horn edition of Blue Rush, our New York Giants podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Jake Brown and Sarah McCrory for producing the show. Subscribe to Blue Rush on Apple Podcasts. Give us that wee five-star rating and write in a nice review, you filthy animals. For Paulie Schwartz, I'm Lawrence Tynes. We return to your lugs on Monday following the Giants season finale against the Bloody Cowboys. Enjoy the game. Happy New Year, folks, and stay safe. DJ Lughead, he's pooping, crotch grabbing, throwing dollar bills.